How much is Leeds United worth? We're joined by football finance academic author and broadcaster Kieran Maguire, author of The Price of Football. He hosts a podcast of the same name and teaches football finance at the University of Liverpool to discuss the economics of the greatest club in the world. Leave your thoughts in the comments, subscribe for more Leeds content, and let's get into it. The following podcast contains some strong language and some very average opinions. Any references to actual people are wildly inaccurate. It's probably best if you don't listen at all. The Roaring Peacock Podcast. Welcome back to the Roaring Peacock main cast. This week we're discussing the price of Leeds United with football finance expert and author of The Price of Football, Kieran Maguire. But first, the week began with Jordan Stevens off to Bradford and Ryan Edmondson coming back to Leeds. We anticipate another loan move shortly. And there was a charitable trip to Sussex where we participated in a fundraiser for a small provincial team. We brought a clown to entertain the kids. There was an appearance by... (laughs) There was an appearance by a reality TV star and it was all televised to bring some joy to the whole nation. The under-23s restored some pride on the pitch with a 4-1 demolition of Burnley. With a performance almost as cool as his name, Chrysensio Somerville bagged a hat-trick and Sam Greenwood got the other. You can hear more about the under-23s on our new weekly youth pod. <laughs> Shameless self-promotion. <laughs> <laughs> and Ellen Road will be used as a mass vaccination site, fueling the conspiracies that Rob Price has developed a microchip mutant DNA add-on to the vaccine to turn us all into the next Lionel Messi's. And in non-Leeds-related news, it was a huge week in the United States as a collaboration between the village people Jamiroquai and the Manson family climbed the hill and almost brought the house down. There's talk of impeachment and jail time for Donald Trump, which explains why he was what he was training for with all those dance moves. On a serious note, if you don't know Eugene Goodman, look him up. While in Denmark, a show aimed at four to eight-year-olds has come out, with the central theme revolving around the main character's enormous penis. <laughs> <laughs> The show's opening title boasts the character will save the world with his enormous penis in stark contrast to this podcast where we make the world more average with our more average sized penis. (laughs) Speak for yourself, I'm hung like a baby wasp. (laughs) And the next steps on the mystery government coronavirus measures wheel of fortune could be only being allowed to leave the house once a day. We feel that's a bit harsh on Kiko Casilla, who can't catch anything anyway. <laughs> I've missed this. We can only we can only leave the house once a day. That's the rumor. I, I thought it could be once a week. Oh my oh, god! Yeah. Well, as long as the as long as Kiko's once a week outing isn't for Leeds United. <laughs> um, that was your weekly roundup. My name's Adonis. You know me as the Adelites on Twitter. It's a very good hello from me. And joining us to discuss all of this and more is Ross Bell, our man on the post. Hello, mate. And our friendly canvas seller, Riot Badger. It's just getting more and more confused. Hello. Our friendly t- dickhead. <laughs> Alex is here. <laughs> He's just and, and the first person who actually knows anything what he's talking about to appear on this podcast, <laughs> Kieran Maguire. 
thanks for the invite, guys. I'm looking forward to this. Um, it's certainly going to be different. Yeah, you've got a taste of what it's like just from that opening monologue. Yes. <laughs> so before we get into the price of Leeds United, um, we can just maybe talk about that week and how was it and go around the circle. Alex, you look uh, you look prepared. Uh, it's, it's a lovely week to be a Leeds fan, isn't it? You know, getting smashed by a League Two team, like literally smashed by a League Two team. Then finding out that our fans have been racially abusing Gabby Agbon Lahore, can't say his name, on Twitter. You know, it's, it's, it's such a lovely time to be alive. There's a new variant of the coronavirus found in Japan from Brazil, which is going to kill us all. It takes six weeks to develop a vaccine and it's going to be killing us by four weeks and two days. So I'm particularly chipper today. <laughs> That's my week. Ross? <laughs> yeah. I mean, along the lines of Alex there, but I, just want, I wonder if the price of Legion has gone down after yesterday and especially if the price of our goalkeeper, if we could get anything for him at all, <laughs> would be lovely. How about you? Kieran? Uh, well, if you saw Jason Steele try to save a cross yesterday, uh, we, we might have a swap for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is he racist? He, he had some. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, he had some. He, he, I don't know if you saw Sunderland till I die. <laughs> he was. Uh, he, he was in that. I, I didn't. He didn't cover himself with glory <laughs> in, in that. So uh, perfect. He's, he's, a, he's a brilliant penalty taker. So, if, you know, for anybody playing against Manchester United, I think he'd be the <laughs> ideal goalkeeper. I think he should be moved around on a week by week basis. The thing is, keepers only take penalties when they're in the cup, so it'd be useless for us because we're never in any cups. So. <laughs> he had some fantastic facial expressions. Uh, did Mister Steele? Um, it was very WWF. <laughs> How was your week, Donis? How was it? Enjoyed it? Oh, thanks for asking. Um, yeah, it was okay. I was extremely angry um, about our, my football team playing terribly, um, uh, and then and then I got over it pretty quick. Um, yeah, I drew drew Kiko Casilla as a as a clown. If you haven't seen that, check it out. Um, which was a, a cathartic experience. <laughs> And then I feel you, mel- felt much less angry afterwards. And then you found out there's a mural in Leeds that's just the words me and you over and over, and it just all collapsed again. <laughs> <laughs> that, did, that did me. I don't know why. That just knocked me out this morning. It was like, we've got a reason for you to smile. We've done this stunning artwork. It's taken us a year to do. And and it and it's just white text on, on black background, you and me and me and you. And that's it. Yeah, my daughter to me, sick. that's not artwork. That doesn't take a year to do, and you, nobody should be getting paid for it. And it's it just—I was a grumpy old man proper this furious. morning. It's proper old man shouts at cloud this morning. Yes, that was me. So apologies <laughs> to the artists. Okay, well, that was a fantastic introduction. So let's move swiftly on as fast as we can to the price of Leeds United. I guess maybe just opening statement, Kieran. Um, if you're trying to value Leeds United as a football club, uh, there's a variety of ways of doing it. Uh, we, we could look to see how much uh, Raprizani played. We could look to see how much San Francisco 49ers paid for their 9.9% stakes. But I think that's all relevant because that's all history. Um, I, th- I think you've got to, to try to value Leeds United as a club going forwards. 
with, with an assumption they're going to remain in, in the Premier League. Uh, and given that Burnley were effective, effectively valued at £200 million last week when they were taken over by ALK, and Mike Ashley has agreed a fee of £300 million for Newcastle United, although he can't force through that deal at present, he's in dispute with the Premier League. Uh, I think Leeds would have to be placed somewhere in between those two um, and, and closer to the Newcastle value th- than that of uh, Burnley Football Club. So that, that's where we would start. Um, what, what are the main drivers of value? It's the ability of the club to generate revenue. Leeds is very good at generating match day revenue. We know that all the matches are going to be sold out. Can you sell more of those out to hospitality? Yeah, and we, We've got to ignore COVID. We've got to assume that we're coming out of COVID. Uh, the, the broadcast deal, which was worth uh, in, in uh, 2019, Leeds made £9.1 million from TV uh, in in 2020-21. That's going to be you know, somewhere in the region of you know, £105 to £110 million. And then you've got your final source of income, which is which is commercial. Uh, Leeds have doubled their commercial income since 2016. And uh, I think there's scope to grow that again. So, so there's lots of positives, um, which, which would get me to my gut reaction, value in the present market around about 275 to 280 million, which would be a very good profit for the owner. Should he decide? Should he desire to sell? But I, I think he would be foolish to sell at present. Yeah. Where's the? Uh, how high can we go? What What do we have to? What kind of things increase the value? And I mean, there's talk of a sixty thousand seater Ellen Road, so an expansion on what we've got at the moment, which is thirty nine thousand. Assuming that there's any of us left to go to football grounds after this pandemic. Yeah, I presume it. I presume it, 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 it's also affected by performance on the pitch and 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 how we do in the transfer windows and things like that. Um, the, the markets tend to ignore transfer markets unless you get a, get yourself a reputation as a development and sale club. So I think Liverpool have achieved that. If you, if you take a look at what they've done, they've sold Suarez, Sterling, um, you know, Coutinho, players of that. That, that those reputations for, for big prices. Um, Leeds are not at present what you would call a selling club. And I, I would say that they, they need to develop before they move on to that stage where they can start to use players as commodities, which will generate uh, guaranteed sums of money from year to year. Uh, you, you mentioned the stadium. Uh, if, if we take a look at the match day income, £18 million in, in 2019. Now, Spurs had the uh, had, had the pandemic not hit last season. Spurs would have gone from thirty five million that they were generating at the old White Hart Lane to somewhere close to one hundred and twenty in the new stadium. So, a new stadium with sixty thousand capacity um, it is something that I think you you have to have because if Leeds want to break through. Um, and, and it's a really tough glass ceiling to break through. Then, then match day income is an issue because Manchester United are over a hundred million. Uh, Arsenal are just short of a hundred million. Uh, Liverpool are around about eighty, and they're planning to expand Anfield as well. So you, you've got a big gap. Um, you, you can't keep losing money to to uh, enhance the value of a club. 
uh, by mo- moving up the table because of financial fair play. Financial fair play is there to prevent Leeds United becoming the next Manchester City from becoming the next Chelsea. That's the Specifically, just Leeds United. That's the whole document. <laughs> well, Leeds Le- Le- United, United, Aston Villa, knew it. <laughs> Newcastle, Wolves, Everton. You know, I think yeah. there's, there's probably five or six clubs hmm. that have ambitions, um, and, and I would include Leeds within those. Hmm. Uh, so financial fair play is, is designed to prevent uh, the, the the present six trying six chasing four places. Or I think we can probably rule Arsenal out to a certain extent. Yeah. So you've got yep. you've got five clubs chasing four places, um, and they're very worried. I mean, the financial fair play. The rules were were sort of tightened to a certain extent, and the, the way that money's distributed in the Premier League was changed because Leicester. Uh, was a real fly in the ointment, Leicester winning mm. the Premier League in 2016, because they took away, it wasn't the fact that they won the Premier League, they took away one of the Champions League players that those big clubs, mm. uh, and, and, and I, use, I use big not because they are big, but you know that, yeah. that's the, it, it's, it's a simplistic term, uh, it's because those clubs regard Champions League places as their own. Mm. Now, so in order for Leeds to progress, two things. First of all, you need to... Uh, increase your existing income streams and secondly you need to break into the Champions League the Champions League is worth realistically a minimum of 35 to 40 million pounds and if you get as far as the final we're we're talking well over a hundred and and if you if you are Liverpool if you are Manchester City then then you've got a guaranteed hundred million pounds coming in each year Um, and, and that makes a huge difference because if, if we look at Leeds's revenue, forty-nine million pounds in twenty nineteen for twenty twenty-one. Um, you know, again, let's assume that there is no COVID. Leeds would have been looking at one hundred and sixty. So, if, if you can get an extra one hundred coming from Champions League participation, then then that is a game changer. But yeah, saying it's easy, getting in yeah. there is is really tough. As, as you've probably experienced this season, everybody's you know, and I'm speaking as a, as a neutral, as, as a non-Leeds fan. Everybody's been impressed with the quality of football, but you're still what's it eleventh, twelfth, yeah. um, and getting up past Wolves, Everton, clubs of that nature, Leicester. Um, you know, that I think that's your next challenge. Conquering that kind of the, yeah, the next kind of not the next Leicester, but to compete. Regularly with Everton, maybe Wolves, yeah, to get to be in that position where you can maybe one season have a real push for the Champions League, definitely. Yeah, or, or getting into the Europa League. Mm. Yeah, that, that that would be a hell of an achievement. Um, although I, I was talking to somebody senior at Burnley uh, a couple of years ago, and he said getting into getting to the Europa League, yeah, it was an incredible achievement for Burnley Football Club, but it was actually bad news because. Uh, Sean Dyche likes to drill his players. You play on a Saturday or Sunday, players come into training on a Monday and they are drilling for the match for the following weekend. You're getting themselves organised. Um, if, you, if you're playing in the Europa League and you've got a Thursday night match, you, you might train on a Monday, have a bit of a rest day Tuesday, fly out Wednesday, play the match Thursday, get back Friday morning, give the players you know, Friday off and then, and then you're drilling on a Saturday for a match on a Sunday. Um, and, and I would imagine for uh, a manager such as Bielsa, for whom um, I think getting communi- get, getting drills across to players is such an important thing, that's when you need a bigger squad 
Um, and that's something to bear in mind getting into the Europa League. No, it's just a, it's a hill to climb for us, isn't it? That I mean, we've got um, just we've got to compete on the pitch, but we've also got to compete commercially. And you know, the whole idea of that badge, the the whole Gaviscon badge, was an idea for us to compete compete commercially as well. And that is going to be difficult for a, a fan base that are so stuck in traditionalism and. I, I I know people who don't want to demolish the West Ham. It's like that's what makes Ellen Road Ellen Road. But if we want to be competing at the the upper echelons of this league, we need to be moving forward. I really don't want us to have a cookie cutter like Riverside Stadium. Um, but you know we do need more seats. I, I wonder, Kieran, if you could tell us a little bit about the Forty ers and 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 their part financially in the club and where you think they'll move forward in the future? I, I think that they see Leeds United Football Club as, as a brand. It's a horrible word because we're football fans, but as, as, as a brand which is perhaps undervalued. You know, they, they are aware that it does have history and heritage um, and they see that in, in value. They know that it's got a very committed fan base. Um, can that fan base be expanded away from the domestic scene, more into the international scene. And this was actually a question I was asked, I think it was on Monday on, on the podcast I do. Um, what, why are we not seeing Leeds United shirts in uh, in sports stores in Australia, in America and so on? And part of the problem is, is that they're not a guarantee. Yep. With a Barcelona shirt, with a Manchester United shirt, with a PSG shirt, with Neymar on the back, with a Brazilian shirt, you are, you've got guaranteed sales. If uh, if Leeds have a, have a lean two or three months, and, and you're a retailer, the last thing you want is remember you. It's not it's not a case of just having half a dozen shirts because you need one in one in small, one in you know one in medium, one in large, one in extra. You, you need to keep keep a certain number of shirts, and they're all competing for space with not only other. I'll use the word soccer because I, I teach in the states and I talk about football in the states. It's a bit confusing, but you're you're competing not only with other uh, soccer shirts. Uh, you are competing with another with, with other sports franchises. Um, Leeds at present is not a big enough brand to fill those spaces in in the overseas shirts area. Um, I, it, and that's the same. If you if you go into JD Sports, if you go into uh, other sports shop shorts sports stores here in the UK, and I think we can probably just about remember being able to do that um <laughs> yeah then how many american uh, nfl shirts were actually available to buy so you know the, the amount of space given to to football in in other in other countries is going to be smaller because they'll have their domestic shirts then they will have uh, a couple of international shirts and then you're competing against Bayern, Barcelona, Real Madrid, Manchester United, Liverpool, and PSG. You know, that that's the mm. market you've got to try to break into. And uh, the you know, Adidas and Nike—they've got very good distribution networks. Leeds really isn't on the radar for for the international market yet. So to to achieve that, um, I think you've got to achieve success on the pitch, you know, winning a cup, getting into the Europa League, winning the Europa League things of that nature, will push you up further. Leicester did not sell a huge number of shirts apart from in Thailand when they won the Premier League in 2016. And remember, they also reached the quarterfinals of the um, of the Champions League in 2017. Mm. 
So can we move on to transfers now then? So I'm just wondering, we we had a, a quite a big summer transfer window, but apparently not that much left um, left the club immediately. So it was it's going to be paid off in instalments. Can you tell us a little bit about about the transfer window? How you think we did? And of course, as a Brighton fan, how you felt about being our big rivals and not selling Ben White to us? Um, you prick. Well, if, if we deal with the first thing, <laughs> in, in terms of transfer budgets, that there's sorry, Kieran, it's okay. That there's there's sort of two issues. First of all, um, as you've clearly found, the prices are more expensive. Uh, if, if you take a look. At Leeds, they spent £7 million in 2017, £28 million in 2018, £16 million in 2019. So you, you're in that market. And all of a sudden, you're in a new market. Uh, you know, Players you know, spending five or £6 million on a player in the championship is put puts you in, in the top third uh, you know, in terms of deals. A £5 million signing in, in the Premier League, as you've no doubt found out, it doesn't register on the radar. Yeah. Um, there's, there's two things. Is there a financial fair play issue to worry about? And in my view, look at, looking at the way that financial fair play works in the Premier League is that you're allowed to lose £15 million over a three-year period, and then the owner can top that up by £30 million a year. So Leeds did lose money in... Uh, in 2018, did lose money in 2019, will have lost money in, in 2020, but the rules have been relaxed a bit. So is there scope to spend money uh, in the January window? Yes, there is. There is certainly wiggle room. Um, is there the cash to do so? Um, this will come down to, to the owner's own wealth and also the the willingness of, of other investors, it, it, such as the San Francisco 49ers, to put money in. Um, if they want to you know, in- increase the uh, the number of shares that the club has. Now, I, I don't think that, that SF49 will be hugely keen to do so because of the, the, the level of cutbacks in the States. And from, a, from their perspective, from a public relations point of view, if they are seen spending money on their UK investment and people are having to take pay cuts, jobs are being lost back in San Fran, can you, can you imagine that it's, it's going to go down like a lead balloon? Yeah. So um, until we get at the end of the pandemic, I, I think that there'll be there'll be moderate spending and, and there certainly is scope for that. Yeah, they didn't go and blow the budget the way that Villa did when they were promoted, spending, you know, was, it, was it £40 million on Wesley? Um, and it, it was a bit of a scattergun approach. Um, some some worked, some didn't work. Uh, it, so so Leeds Leeds have got money in reserve, um, and therefore it's now up to the manager to to make those decisions along with his his coaching staff. I'd assume not many deals are done up front, almost like oh, the, the cash is probably spread out years into the future. I know like we, we pay I think four million pounds a year for Helder Costa or something like that. I think I've, I'd imagine that's how most deals are done these days. Yes, yeah. So, so yeah, because of the the nature of of football these days that we're talking multi million, um, the only time when an instalment approach is not applied is where a club has a player whom they don't want to sell, um, and and therefore uh, 
that they can use that as as a ploy. Um, but if, if you take a look at what happened with uh, um, Manchester United and Harry Maguire, Leicester wanted eighty million. Manchester City had dropped out of the market by then, and they, they didn't particularly even want to sell at eighty million. So when United came in, Manchester United came in, um, Leicester said it's it's eighty million cash up front, um, and, and Manchester United actually wrote wrote out that check for Harry Maguire. But that, that rough, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, the, the standard approach is you might be looking at a you know, a, a down payment and then the rest in in, in annual instalments. Um, but what some clubs do, if, if they are the selling club, and, th- and this is what Crystal Palace did with Aaron Wan-Bissaka, was that when they sold Aaron Wan-Bissaka to Manchester United, uh, that was an instalment. And then they, they sold the IOUs, which were due to due from Manchester United, they sold those to a bank at a discount. Right, okay. Just to get more cash in. Just to get more cash in, which then they could use in the market themselves. So it it all starts to get a bit messy, um, but I I don't see Leeds having an issue in in terms of cash. How were, in terms of winning the championship, we were running just underneath the 100% wages of turnover. I think we were right on the, the limit. How, it, it's surely not sustainable for clubs to be running at like 190, is it 190-something Reading you're at? And... R- Reading was 226. It's not sustainable, and, and it was quite an achievement. I mean, they, 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 stole, <laughs> uh, they stole Harry Redknapp's crown because he'd, he'd, achieved, uh, he, he'd achieved the record when he was uh, manager of Birmingham. Just before he went in to become king of the jungle, so you know, <laughs> all these people were saying what a love, lovely guy was, and I'm, I'm looking at the the way he'd left Birmingham financially, saying, "Well, there's there's more to this than meet the eye." Um, the, the championship as a division is is not sustainable unless you have owners who are willing to underwrite the losses of clubs. Is that um, what Rad Rosani did? Yeah. So it was a yeah. Uh, so if, if we take a look at you know, 2019, Leeds lost 21 million, um, and, and that was effectively underwritten by the by Rad Rizani, who who took the view that you know, it, it, it was a gamble worth taking uh, in terms of trying to get promoted. Those that those losses of 21 million, I would expect them to be doubled in uh, 2020, because by the time. You, you look at the impact of COVID, and then you combine that with promotion bonuses and and the costs of upgrading. You know, you will have seen that uh, the the floodlights at uh, Ellen Road they have to now be HD compliant. The uh, the advertising hoardings around the side of the ground they have to be Premier League standard for HD cameras as well. Because when a match is being broadcast, you might be looking at an advert for an insurance company. Uh, when when you're watching the match at home on Sky or BT, but you might have people in Indonesia who are looking at a local telecoms advert, which is coming through from exactly those so, same advertising hoardings. So you know, all of that costs more money. Um, so so Leeds, I, I would anticipate Leeds losses in 2019-20 uh, to be uh, quite eye-watering, you know, somewhere closer to 40 million than 20. I think I've heard on a podcast that Leeds were the furthest behind in terms of where they needed to be to, 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 for, for the Premier League level in terms of skies and that sort of stuff than any team that ever come up? Is that just because they've been so poorly run under 
Ken Bates and GFH and Mass Mugilino and countless others. Yeah, I, I think when when Leeds were effectively a, a past the parcel toxic financial asset, um, and, and under those circumstances, um, the, the the person who who is holding the parcel is not going to be spending money on infrastructure projects. So so Leeds were were really let down uh, during that period, and therefore they've had to go and play catch up. Um, as a result of being promoted to the Premier League, um, but you know, that those investments will pay off in due course. You know, the longer you stay there, then you know, the the more money will be reaped as a result of that investment. Angus was saying that um, he he asked Andrea to write a cheque for one point five million pounds uh, every month to um, to stave off the the debts. Um, I'm just wondering though about wages are you aware of footballleaguefc.com kieran um they have published published wages of um various different clubs and they've published wages for league united who knows if it's correct or not um but um maybe you could shed some light on it so rodrigo is apparently on 105,000 pounds a week um in fact the four new signings um Rafinha is on uh, 63, Robin Cock on 65, and Lorente on £81,000 a week. So that was a significant step up from the, the highest earners in the championship, which was Patrick Bamford on 42.5, and Kiko Casilla, who's on 40000 And Gaetano Berardi, who's on four packets of quavers in it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Berardi's on 12500 Oh, mate, I could do with some of that. Yeah. Probably uh, Jamie Shackleton's on two and a half. You got Pascal Stroke, who's uh, been almost a mainstay in the first team on two and a half this season as well. Um, um, Matthias Click, probably the 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 player who's played the most games, is on twelve and a half thousand. Um, so, does that sound about right to you? Um, it's just there's no way to verify this source at all. <laughs> No, you, you you can't verify it. Um, it's it, it's a bit like transfer market. It, it, if if you repeat a lie enough times, then it becomes a truth, mm. um, and and that's that's the danger with with things of this nature. Um, I I would take them with with large doses of salt. I mean, I I teach football agents um, and various other people. In fact, on Wednesday, I'm I'm teaching for the League Managers Association, so I'm, I'm teaching managers. And yeah, when you talk to these people, they say, well. All of these stories in the press, um, t- t- be very cautious because if uh, an agent uh, phones up, sorry, if a, if a journalist phones up an agent and says, what's your player on? The agent is going to go and say something which is going to be higher than he's actually on because he's, he's always looking at the next deal. And then, of course, so, so if you've got a player who's on, you know, 20 grand a week the agent would say oh he's, he's on 35 so therefore it goes into the press at 35 and that's used as a as a benchmark for when the agent is next negotiating a contract so un- unfortunately I, I can I can only uh, cry one word when with football league or football transfer.co.uk whatever it's called uh, and that word is bullshit um, it, it's simply not the case that they don't have access to to wages records, um, and and it's and it's rumor and counter rumor, uh, and scouring the internet and, and looking at Twitter, 
Um, and, and as we've seen, uh, you know, t- Twitter isn't the most reliable place <laughs> no. in the world. It, it's got it's got more it's got more reliable since Donald Trump departed. But uh, <laughs> but even so, you, you've got to take it with a pinch of salt. Yeah. Just just quickly as well, you didn't um, you didn't get back to us on the the Ben White yes. the free Ben White fiasco. <laughs> I, I, I do regret calling you a prick. I'm sorry. No, no, about it's okay. That. You're obviously a very nice man. Um, I guess from our point of view, we we just found it we were a bit confused. You know, mm. while the hostility from from Leeds fans. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Well, well we're not, not, and not then historically, we've been out of the there's, been, there's, been, there's never been time. anything uh, between no. the clubs. Um, and, and I know when Graham Potter came in, the decision was: is, is Ben? He, he'd just come out for he did a he did a successful season at Newport, a successful season at Peterborough. Um, Potter had come in, and the 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 question was: Does he bring him into the first team squad, or do we continue his development by by moving him up to the Championship? I think you just spent eight. Simon Matthew Webster was it? Adam Webster. Adam Webster. Yeah. So yeah, I think Adam Webster was out. Yeah. So yeah. he he was seen as um, Lewis Dunk's uh, you know, accomplice in central defence. There were rumours of Dunk himself. You know, Arsenal and Chelsea were both sniffing round, so they gave Dunk a, a new five-year contract. Um, and then it was really a case of did they think that Ben White would get a lot of. Uh, time on the pitch uh, we, we'd Shane Duffy as a centre half at the same time um, and, and the conclusion was that you know they, they wanted Ben White to, to carry on his his improvement as a player and clearly he did that at Leeds um, he, he by all accounts you know and, and my, uh, my my stepson's got a lead season ticket hold is lead season ticket holder so I said you know what, what do you think of him and I've asked other mates of mine who are Leeds fans and you know the consensus was you know the best center half they'd seen since Rio Ferdinand um and then then of course the loan period ended and he came back to being a Brighton player mm. and then Leeds were, were perfectly entitled to to put in offers and those offers either didn't meet the valuation that the Brighton had for him, or or they had decided they wanted to make him a uh, a key component of the first team squad this season. He's played the vast majority of matches. He's played well without being spectacularly good. Mm. Yeah, he's, he's been solid, but uh, he looks very good on the ball. Uh, I, I don't know whether you saw when we played Manchester United at home, but when he was up against Marcus Rashford, he, yeah. he was turned inside out. Um, and he's he's very composed on the ball. Looking at him from a defensive perspective, if I was being hypercritical, he he does go to sleep at uh, at set pieces. Uh, we've been caught out at the back post on a few occasions. <laughs> um, set pieces aren't your strong point no. um, in in the Premier League any more than they are ours. Uh, so I, I think he's he's a player who will continue to improve. I think the club felt that if he'd played if he if he played for us for a single season in the Premier League, then his value would be more towards the sort of the forty-five to fifty million pound valuation compared to I think what your Leeds were offering somewhere in the region of twenty-five to thirty. So that was the that was the viewpoint that they took. That's fair. It's, it's annoying, but it's fair. <laughs> I think we have the uh, propensity as Leeds fans to take things to the extreme. So while we definitely wanted Ben White, 
Yeah, I think, and, and, and perfectly rightly so. I mean, you know, there's no, no doubt denying he's a, he's a he's a cracking player. I'm not sure there's there's many other clubs that would go down to Brighton's ground and put a poster up saying free Ben White. <laughs> I think that's taken it slightly far, but it's it's one of them things where we do it to make each other laugh. And the other everybody looking in just thinks, oh, that's tin pot and you know, leads to this. We just do it to make each other laugh. And it's that escalation of he'll do the worst thing to make each other laugh. Well, that, that's why he's him to into our hearts yeah, as well. We that's that's yeah. the thing. Yeah, he's 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 our he's our hero of our promotion winning, championship winning um, team, yeah. and 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 he had a, a he had a bromance with Calvin Phillips, who who is the the heart of the club, the fan on the pitch. They they still yeah the fan on the pitch exactly, and they they still playing. Um, video games on Twitch online together, you know, you can, you can listen in to their friendship. You can, you can get an update on it, you know? So I think it was the fact that it was, it was breaking up the romance and we felt that he is our player and we felt that we'd given a very, very three, very, very good offers. Um, uh, and then it just escalated from there and Leeds fans, if you <laughs> don't know us by now. Man. If you don't know what's by now. I mean, he's, he's up in the, the echelons of uh, other Leeds legends, such as Emil Smith-Rowe, you know, that belong to other clubs. So, yeah. I mean, um, if, if, okay. if the situation had been reversed, mm. you know, and, and, and Leeds were in the Premier League and, and they'd, they'd given a, a, a promising player to a club in the Championship who then was promoted... And then mm. they came up. You know, what, what would you have done under those circumstances? And you said, "Well, well, thanks very much." You know, it should, surely it's a win-win deal. Ben White developed as a player. Leeds were promoted, and Brighton ended up with a player returning to them who was better than he was twelve months ago. Yeah. Leeds are better off for it. We have got two good players in replacement of what we would have paid for Ben White. It's just about fucking injured. Yeah. <laughs> 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 okay. Let's um. Let's move quickly on to just touch on 2018-19 then um so you you wrote some sort of essay on it was it yeah i i, I run the price of football blog and, and i did i i did a i did a full analysis of, of leeds accounts and if if you take the first letter of those uh of, of each sentence because i'm a bit of a fucking twit um who, who was that previous manager the guy the Scottish guy, oh, Steve Evans. Yeah, if you take the first letter <sighs> of the of the report, I think it spells S- Steve Evans isn't fit to lick Bielsa's ass or something, something like that. Oh, yeah, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Bravo. Bravo. Um, because because it's 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 both childish and immature. I, I do this for all the reports that I write because because somebody was stealing them. Right. And, and writing them up, so I thought, right, well, if you do this and you go and publish this on your in your newspaper, or whatever it is, um, I'm I'm going to I'm going to call call you out on this. Um, so I've just done it as a bit of a, of a laugh ever since. So um, yeah, Leeds, I, th- I think Leeds accounts in 2019 um, are indicative of a club that has tried to get promoted, um, wasn't quite successful. And and that comes at a cost. So you know, anybody that ends up in the playoffs or or close to the playoffs is going to be losing substantial sums of money. Um, I, I think there's there's positives. The fact that the money coming in has has doubled since 2015. Um, but the trouble is, 
you were losing money in 2015 and the money going out has doubled as well. So the wage bill has doubled, the the the, uh, the transfer costs had quadrupled and things of that nature. So clearly there'd been investment in, in the talent and, and football's a talent industry. Um, and, and it didn't quite work out in 2019. And, but I did feel that you were um, in a similar position to, to Brighton in 2016, whereby we'd, we'd missed out on promotion uh, we got into the playoffs and and the manager and the, the owner had said to the squad, give us one more year. And if you don't go up next year, you, know, you, you can go wherever you want. Um, we will continue to invest in the squad. And on the back of that, you were deservedly promoted as champions in 2020. Uh, you know, we should have been champions in 2017, except we got promoted with three games to go and everybody went out on the lash for about a fortnight, and we got one point from our final three games, um, so allowing allowing Liverpool, so allowing Newcastle to to get to get the championship. Um, so, I, as a, as a strategy, as a financial strategy, I think you've got to give Radrizani some credit. Uh, he was prepared to make losses. He was prepared to underwrite those losses, and he clearly had a, a strategic aim um, in in the medium term of getting leads to the Premier League. Um, and that was going to cost money, and it has cost a lot of money, but it has been achieved. Okay, so uh, that was uh, a fantastic interview. In fact, that was the price of Leeds United. So thank you very much, Mr. Kieran Maguire, for coming on. And uh, would you like to spruik some of your uh, wares? You've got a book, you've got a, um, you've got a course. People could, people could sign up to get a degree from you. Uh, yeah, I. I... I teach at the University of Liverpool. I teach on the football MBA course. Um, and before people say, yes, that is a fucking subject. Um, <laughs> uh, we, we, yeah, I, I teach people from all over, all over the world who, who come on the course who, who want to have a career within the football industry. Yeah, it's, not, it's not a cheap course. Um, you know, it, it's something to, to, to take a, a lot of consideration before you ever proceed in that. Um, I, I teach for the League Managers Association. I teach football agents, uh, just to, because I'm unfortunately because I'm I'm a, I'm a football fan just like you guys. You know, I, I I go there to go down the pub with my mates, take the piss out of each other, moan for ninety minutes of football, <laughs> and then go back to the pub and moan some more. And right. and the football is a great day out, ruined by ninety minutes of football. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> that, that's what it's like for people. I think like all of us, you know, who've spent yeah. majority of the last few years with clubs that haven't quite delivered necessarily what we wanted. Uh, yeah, I've written a book called um, "The Price of Football." Um, I've got. If, uh, if if one of you guys wants a copy, I'll send one up to you. Uh, uh, and I run a podcast called The Price of Football with uh, – he used to be the Match of the Day 2 presenter, uh, roving reporter Kevin Day. Uh, he's, he's a stand-up comedian. He, he, he writes uh, A League of Your Own and Have I Got News For You. He writes all the scripts for those. He's, he's a very funny guy. So for some the, reason – there are a few stand-up comedians on Match of the Day too, <laughs> <laughs> and Amazon Spot. Um, and he's he's been an absolute delight for work. And for some reason, the the uh, the football industry listens to that show, <laughs> so, which was which is slightly slightly awkward because we just take the piss out of each other. But we then realised <laughs> that uh, when when we now start getting phone calls from 
the Premier League from individual clubs querying things that we've said. So, but we we, we always stand by what we say. We we do research uh, yeah. content. Um, we are looking forward to the day when the show is no longer required. But unfortunately, in an age when you've got Steve Dale at Berry, when you've got what's happened at Charlton. Um, when you've got lots of weird stuff taking place, such as Tom Ince's mum being paid 700 grand a year to be an academy scout to help Derby <laughs> satisfy financial fair play. Oh, Derby, of course. <laughs> Derby, who, who are, you, you're, again, another of your big buddies. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's that, that's the type of stuff we've been trying to dig out. Um, so, so, yeah, that's, that's, that's been fun. I mean, I'm, I'm just a teacher. Um, I, I'm having a whale of a time doing this. It's, it's, it's funny, you know, compared to regular teaching, I've, I've got a really, really easy gig. You, you try walking in to a class on a Monday morning and say, oh, well, you know, Apple have just announced their new results and let's look at their pension. And so I walk <laughs> in and say, fucking hell, guys, have you seen how much money Manchester United owe for our transfer? <laughs> you know, a couple of years ago, Manchester United owed £260 million in outstanding instalments in transfer fees. You Ooh. go in to Liverpool and you tell them that and yeah, my, my <laughs> yeah, job is yeah, very very yeah. easy <laughs> how are you getting on with your uh, Premier League stickers um, well, I've got my first I've got my first swap today so if oh, anybody nice. anybody needs a spare Joe Willock you know, <laughs> I've, I've, I've got one here does anyone need a spare <laughs> Joe Willock more to the point does anyone need a spare Kiko Casilla <laughs> <laughs> he's shiny <laughs> Brilliant. Thanks very much for coming on, Kieran. Thank you, guys. Um, I really enjoyed it, and uh, good luck for the rest of the season. Um, Saturday, of course, we probably won't be talking to each other. (laughs) (laughs) Right, there we go. Kieran Maguire, brilliant. Plagued with uh, technical difficulties in the background, but nobody needs to know about that. No, no. And I probably sound like a Dalek on this podcast. (laughs) Hope you enjoyed that. I want to buy you a is dressed as a Dalek. Got to go onto YouTube to find out. <laughs> Can we break into the top six? <laughs> Kieran? Kieran? <laughs> what are your thoughts, Kieran? I'm just reading his last week's article. Steve Evans is not fit to sniff Beyonce's bicycle seat, is what it spells out. <laughs> Amazing. I fucking love that. Yeah. I loved him when he came out with that. Yeah, because you wouldn't expect a university lecturer to have that level of bounce. I think that's that's uh, he's gone up like twenty points in my estimation. It was already quite high. So it's not starting cap paragraph with um, es- Esjan Alioski rather than just calling him like Jani or something, just to fit that in there. <laughs> Brilliant, bellissimo. Yeah. Okay, that was the price of Leeds United. I was going to ask him if uh, if twenty was plenty and and about PPV, but we just didn't have enough time. No. You can't keep a man away from his dinner. No, not his mini eggs. Not his mini eggs. No. <laughs> I wanted to ask him how many mini eggs we'd need to get Kiko Casero on his contract. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to express the the money in in mini eggs, we sent pens to Ken and socks to Sean. Let's send mini eggs to Kiko. <laughs> Okay, well, we hope you've learned something about the price of Leeds United. Um, do we have anything else to say about that? I don't think so. Can we all piss off now and eat, and eat some dinner? Yeah, I don't, th- I, I don't think I don't think we could afford Leeds United, basically. <laughs> so, yeah, almost three hundred million. That's pretty good. Do you reckon, remember that Leeds fans United where we're going to buy the club? <laughs> <laughs> don't think we can do that now. 
there's not enough community shares in the fucking world. <laughs> <laughs> but you can get 90% of your investment back. Yeah, I, I, I applied for that last year and I'm still waiting. I will let you know when it comes. We'll probably moved on to some universal currency like the euro. <laughs> But never. It wasn't an it wasn't an O'Rock, was it? Who set this whole thing up? You have to be <laughs> yeah, careful was, about that sort of thing. Ryman or Sock? Holy <laughs> shit! Please <laughs> <laughs> nick my beers. For fuck's sake! <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. Did I say you can get ninety percent? No, I meant ten percent. <laughs> you can get. <laughs> but I only gave a tenner. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, so at the end of that. You still can't get a ticket, and even if you could, you wouldn't be able to afford it. That yep. was the price of Leeds United. So yeah, uh, uh, if you like that, subscribe to us and, and comment and, and do all that stuff. Why not? Well, actually, more accurately, if you enjoyed that, go and subscribe to his podcast because you'll get more of that. You will get much more of that here. No. <laughs> <laughs> We're just, we've been deceptively serious yeah. on this pod, and you'll be... Uh, unpleasantly surprised if you watch any of our other content. So. <laughs> uh, so thank you very much for joining us, dear watcher or dear listener. And my name was Adonis. You can catch me at the Adelites on Twitter. And you can catch Ross Bell at Ross Bell 1984, our man on the post. Very goodbye from him. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> you threw me on with you that bit myself. If you go onto Twitter and you type in at Riot Badger, you'll find some beautiful canvases which you must immediately buy. Look into the eyes, look into the eyes, don't look around the eyes, look into the eyes. <laughs> You're under. <laughs> Very good bye from Alex. I've actually changed my at it's to at wear a mask, you selfish bastards. <laughs> yeah. At get the fucking vaccine. <laughs> that was your podcast. Goodbye. Yeah. It's your podcast whether you fucking like it or not. If you don't finish it, you can't have your dessert, you pricks. That was podcast deal voucher one. <laughs> <laughs> now pay your podcast tax and fuck off. Oh, man. Most of our stats come from LUFC stats or LUFC data on Twitter. You should probably give them a follow as they're more interesting than us. A very special thanks to Adam Warner, Barney Stewart, Cookie, Ewan and Howard Metcalf, Josh Pearson, Laura, Leon and Rob, The Light Show and all our family and friends. So many games.